So the first step downward I want us to look at is here in Genesis 37 and verse 12. It says, And his brethren went to feed their flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brother brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And here is the first step in Joseph's humiliation. He is sent by the Father to seek the welfare of his kindred, his brothers. I want you to see that he was sent by a plan. It was the Father's plan to send Joseph. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and today we're looking at Joseph, a wonderful parallel with the life of Joseph. And here in the book of Genesis 37, we are told Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Hear, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. Well, there you see the parallel with the life of the Lord Jesus. And there was the point where the ministry of Christ became so irrefutable to the scribes, the Pharisees, and others that they could not resist his words, and then they plotted and schemed against him. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and our message today is on Joseph. We have a story today on the Lord's last request, go into all the world with the gospel. I trust that we will do that today as we let the Bible speak. We're going to need a number of fingers just to start out our service tonight, because I want you to keep your finger in Genesis 37, where we read in the story of Joseph. But I also want you to turn to the book of Philippians, chapter 2, and the verses 6 to 8. Philippians chapter 2 and verses 6 to 8. Now, you need to know that the gospel of the Lord Jesus begins at the cross, and the very history of God's redemption, it leads to the cross, and it also flows away from the cross. And that is because for our Lord Jesus— there were seven steps down from glory to the cross. 
And then there were seven steps back to glory, all the way up from the cross. And I want to count those with you, just pointing them out here in Philippians 2, verse 6, who being in the form of God, and that is, of course, the eternal person and the glory of our Lord Jesus, he was equal with God, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And then his humiliation. He made himself of no reputation. That's step one. And took upon him the form of a servant. That's step two. He came in the likeness of men. That's step three. Found in the fashion as a man. Step four. He humbled himself. Step five and became obedient unto death, step six, even the depth of the cross, step seven. And as our Lord Jesus entered into his humiliation all the way to the stigma of the cross at Calvary, God the Father rewarded him by exalting him again back to glory. And let's count the steps up. Verse nine, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. That's one. Given him a name which is above every name. That's two. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. That's three. The name of Jesus, every knee should bow. That's four. Of things in heaven, that's five. Of things in earth, six. And things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is the humiliation and the exaltation of our Lord Jesus. Can it be any surprise then that if we believe that Joseph was a type or picture of the Lord Jesus, that we see the same pattern in his life? There are the steps downward in deep humiliation, and then there are the steps upward in exaltation. And this evening, I want us to look at the seven steps downward in the humiliation of Joseph. Though he was the beloved son of his father, he's the one who went down, 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 down to Egypt, into the prison, to the very lowest of the low that he might be the instrument of God to the blessing of multitudes in days to come. So the first step downward I want us to look at is here in Genesis 37 and verse 12. It says, And his brethren went to feed their flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, do not thy brother, brethren feed the flock in Shechem. Come, and I will send thee unto them. And here is the first step in Joseph's humiliation. He is sent by the Father to seek the welfare of his kindred, his brothers. I want you to see that he was sent by a plan. It was the Father's plan to send Joseph. And although Joseph was the beloved, 
the special son whom he had set his love upon, he said to his son, right in the words of verse 13 at the end, I will send thee unto them. And immediately you will find that Joseph says, here I am. And while he was sent, he was not voluntold, he volunteered. He was ready to go. And you see the harmony now between Jacob the father and the desire of Joseph that he would go and seek the welfare of his own brothers. And we see that Joseph took delight in this task of visiting them and seeking them out. Now, do you not see right in here the very language of the gospel? Do you not see the language of the Father sending the Son to seek for his brethren? And the Lord Jesus was made in our likeness. He was made in the form of man, that he would seek the souls and the welfare of mankind. And we're here tonight, Christians, believers in the gospel of the Lord Jesus, because from eternity, God had a plan. The plan was to send his Son into this world to be our Savior, to seek our welfare. And the Son, in harmony with the Father, said, Here am I. I will go. And this is the good news story of the gospel. Now, in verse 14, you will see here how he was deeply interested in the welfare of his brothers. It says, And he said unto him, Go, I pray thee, and see whether it be well with the brethren, and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. I want you to see that the father had the best intentions and interest in those sons, Joseph's brothers. He did not seek to damn them. He did not seek to condemn them. He did not seek to find them out, but he sought their welfare. And the Bible tells me in John 3:17 that God sent his son not to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. So don't get the idea tonight that God is out to get you. Don't think that God is that big ogre in the heavens that is intending to destroy you, or that this thing called Christianity or the gospel is just a way to catch you out and bring you into shame and degradation. No, this is for your welfare. This is for the good of your soul. This is about delivering you from destruction and leading you into the very blessedness of heaven. And I want you tonight to know that God loves your soul. Let the Lord Jesus come into the world to save your soul. And if you submit your heart and yield to him, put yourself in the hands of a loving, gracious God, he will do you good. Another verse is Luke 19, 
verse 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. These brothers, by the way, were lost. And you'll find here that Joseph searched far and wide for his brothers. And this is the second step in Joseph's downward spiral from his father's presence, his father's house, sent forth. And when he goes out seeking in the field of Shechem, he discovers that his brothers are not there. They were supposed to be in this place called Shechem. And when you study the land of Palestine or Israel, you have to do a little bit of reverse thinking, because the best pasture and the best water supplies are not down on the plains. They're not sometimes even in the deep valleys, but they're on the mountaintop. And Shechem was on a ridge. That's what its very name means, on the ridge. And Joseph was to go to a special point where the brothers were to be caring for the flocks, grazing the sheep, looking after them. And when he arrived there, the brothers had wandered off. And here in verse 17, you will find that there was a man who intercepted Joseph, and he noticed that Joseph was searching and searching. And he said to him, I overheard your brother saying that they would go to Dothan. Now, that's not where his father sent him. And that would have given just enough reason for Joseph to turn around and go home again and say, they're not there. If there was no welfare in Joseph's heart for his brothers, there was no interest in their good. And if he did not care for them, he could have done an about turn and went home. But we find, indeed, in verse 17, that Joseph, and I want you to notice these words very carefully, and Joseph went after his brethren and found them. That's exactly what the Lord Jesus did for us. We were lost. We had wandered in the paths of sin in this world. We were not where we should be. We ought to have been condemned and forgotten. But just like Joseph did not give up, he went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. Those are telling words. And that's the story of the gospel. Why am I a Christian tonight? Because the Lord sought me out, not because I sought after him. We can say with the apostle John that we love him because he loved us first. He first loved us. That's how John put it. And this is amazing grace. It is the grace that once I was blind, but now I can see. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. And it is the grace of the heart, the mercy and love of God and our Savior that sought us out, even in the places we should not have been. The Lord sought us and found us. And it's like the prodigal, the father waiting for that prodigal to return home and rejoiced. And I want you to know tonight that if you repent and turn from your ways of sin, and if you will recognize God's grace, God's mercy to you, that he will save you. He seeks the welfare of 
your soul. We could multiply examples in the Bible of men who lived ungodly, unheeding, uh, wicked, rebellious to God, and the Lord stopped them on their mad career of sin. I think of the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, madly against Christians, seeking their arrest, when the Lord shone from glory and thrust him to the ground and stopped him. And for Paul, it was true that the Lord sought him, found him, and saved him. And that's the story of every born-again Christian. That's the story of everyone that has repented and turned from their sin. The Lord was seeking me when I came at last to seek unto him. Another example is the woman of Samaria. In John 4, we read of that woman who came at noontime to fill her water pot at the well. And the Lord Jesus, we're told on that journey, he must go through Samaria. Why must? Because there was a woman there whom he must meet, talk with, and give her the water of everlasting life. There was a must. Maybe tonight you're here in this church because there's a must. God in his grace would have you to hear the good news that he desires the welfare of your soul. God is not intending to damn you, but to save you. And he has not stopped short, but gone the second mile to seek you out and to find you. I trust tonight that you will be found of the Lord and that you will give your heart to him and that you will be saved. Now, the next step downward, we're proceeding here now in these seven steps downward for Joseph. The next rejection is his brother's attitude. When they saw him coming in their hearts, they had already rejected him. Look at verse 18, and you will see that Joseph was rejected purely out of prejudice. Even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And so these elder brothers, they were the brothers of Bilhad Zilpah, and uh, they had it in for Joseph because Joseph was the, the boy with the coat of many colors given by Jacob because he was the son of his old age, and he had no shame in stating, this is my special boy. And the brothers hated him for it. And so at this time, there was this built-in rejection. And that's exactly how it was when our Lord Jesus came into the world. It says in John 1.11 that he came unto his own, but his own received him not. Now, his own there would have been his own nation, the Jewish people. And they today still have the blood of the Lord Jesus on their hands, guilty of rejecting the Lord Jesus. And man's rejection of the Son of God is really the, the marvel in the history of redemption. It proves the point that salvation's not of man. Salvation is God's plan. It is God's power, because the first thing that God has to do to save your soul is to overturn your rejection of him. There is something in your heart that says no to Christ. There's something in your heart that says, I will not have him to rule over me. And that's what these brothers were saying. Look at verse 19. They said one to another, 
Behold, this dreamer cometh. You see how this root of bitterness was in their hearts? There was a day earlier before this that Joseph told his brothers about his dreams, and he said, I dreamed that we're twelve sheaves, and your sheaves all bowed down to mine. And the brothers got the message, and they hated it, and they're harboring it in their hearts. And at this point, they're saying, Behold, this dreamer cometh, this one who we hate the whole idea that we're going to bow to him somehow. In verse 20, uh, you will see again how this harboring resentment was really seated in relation to his dreams. And they said at the end of verse 20, um, we will say to our father, some evil beast had devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Oh, there's the point. There's the thing that stuck in their minds of resentment against. They despised Joseph because he made this claim they were all going to bow down to him. And they could not tolerate that at all. Why was our Lord Jesus hated of men? Why was he rejected of his own? It is because of his revelations of the Father. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his Holy name. 
You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher. Here is a little word on Jesus' last request. A minister who had recently been called to a prosperous church was met by a prominent woman of the church who said to him, Doctor, I do not believe in foreign missions. The minister was grieved but said nothing. A few weeks later, when the congregation was gathered about the communion table, he took occasion to read the master's final words to the disciples. The last words of our friends, said the pastor, are always precious. It affects us to know what chiefly weighs on their hearts as they are about to leave us. Any message or commission they give us, then, we would rather do anything than feel to heed or execute. It has always impressed me that the thing which weighed most on our Savior's heart as he was taking his departure was the world of sinners for which he had died, and the very last request he made of his friends was that they should go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Shortly after the close of the service, the same lady approached the pastor, and with tears in her eyes, she said, Doctor, I do believe in foreign missions. What a good change in that dear woman's heart, and how we all need to recognize that the Lord has bidden us go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the Great Commission. Someone asked, do missions pay? A seaman on returning to Scotland after a cruise in the Pacific was asked, do you think the missionaries have done any good in the South Sea Islands? I will tell you a fact which speaks for itself, said the sailor. Last year I was wrecked on one of those islands, where I knew that eight years before a ship was wrecked and the crew murdered. And you may judge how I felt at the prospect before me, if not dashed to pieces on the rocks to survive for only a more cruel death. When day broke, we saw a number of canoes pulling for our ship and were prepared for the worst. Think of our joy and wonder when we saw the natives in English dress and heard some of them speak in the English language. On that very island, the next Sunday, we heard the gospel preached. I do not know what you think of missions, but I know what I think. Oh, it's true. The gospel changes hearts from savages to Christians, from people who are perhaps even cannibals to being disciples of the Lord Jesus. That's the gospel that we preach. And as the Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to every one that believeth. We bid you to believe the gospel, to trust the Lord Jesus Christ, and become a missionary. Tell the world that Jesus saves. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to 
ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast, and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music